It would be impossible to escape the increasing concern, debate and discussion around the issue of climate change and potential impact on our planet and, of course, on our lives. The question arises, are we doing enough to address its impacts, both on a societal but also on a more intimate level? One of the things we ask ourselves to counter the endless worrying and perhaps sense of overwhelm is... What is it that we might be able to do at a grassroots level to help us address the problem? Welcome to Illumin from the students, where we hand over the mic to the young women of Girls' Grammar. We ask them to share their thoughts on current issues, whether that's school and study or broader issues we're contemplating in society. I'm Jacinda Isla, Principal of Brisbane Girls' Grammar School, and today your host. Today I'm joined by Mrs Chris Woodford. She's a science teacher at our school, but she's also, importantly, the coordinator of the Grammar Environmental Conservation Organisation, or GECCO as we refer to it. We've also got joining us three very dedicated members of that GECCO service group. Anna is in Year 7, Evie is in Year 10, and Madison is a Year 12 student. They've joined us to discuss their thoughts about the upcoming World Environment Day on the 5th of June and we're going to hear them articulate some of their concerns but also just as importantly some of their ideas some positive change that we might enact as a society so that we have a more positive impact on our planet in the future. Mrs Woodford, Anna, Evie and Madison, welcome to Illumin and our discussion today. I'm going to start with you, Mrs Woodford. If you could explain to us about this club, what it focuses on and what are some of the initiatives that you're currently involved in? GECCO is an acronym for Grammar Environment Conservation Organisation and as such, we focus on all things environmental with the aim of raising awareness of issues and looking to find possible solutions or improvements. We've recently been organising a pen recycling program. We're also collecting cans, which after painting will be planted out with succulent cuttings. These will be sold to raise funds for our chosen charity, the Queensland Marine Conservation Society. A bake stall is planned for June, which will add funds to our donation. Our three Year 10 Lord Mayor's Environment Leadership Network representatives this year are working on a project looking into paper usage at school. They're hopeful that this will lead to greater efficiency and less wastage. Basically, we aim to make all members of our grammar community realise that their individual actions can and do make a difference. That's a very diverse range of activities and, and it sounds like it could appeal to a wide range of girls. Lots of very practical things that have important outcomes and, and I imagine change the girls' understanding of some of these important environmental issues. So I'm very interested to know from the girls what it was about this group that attracted you. You know, there are so many things that you could be involved in. Why did you choose Madison to join Gecko, and what have you enjoyed most about being a part of it? Well, I initially joined because I was very interested in learning more about what I, as an individual, could do to care for the environment. But what I particularly like about this group is that we don't just raise funds for various charities. We also get the opportunity to be directly involved and make an impact within our own school community. So you can see um, very direct outcomes of your action. Yes. And that's one of the challenges, isn't it, when we're talking about such global issues, feeling empowered to do something locally. What about you, Anna? You're in year eight, probably one of the younger members, I imagine, in Gecko. Why did you decide to join? Did someone invite you along or is it a topic that you're very interested in? 
I've always really loved helping the environment and I started coming to Gecko with my friends and I really enjoyed it. So I just really like talking about what we can do to help the environment and then putting the ideas into action. So it's got a lovely social element to it but you're actually talking about matters of substance and an interesting conversation over lunch I imagine. What about you Evie? So you've made a decision out of all of the things that you could be involved in that this is something you really care about. I enjoy Gecko because I'm passionate about the environment. What I really enjoy about the organisation is it has many other like-minded people that we can talk about and discuss environmental issues and what we're going to do in the school about them. So it's energising. You get a lot of sense of spirit out of being involved and also being part of a solution to a problem. Is that part of what's appealing to you, Evie? Yes. So tell me, uh, obviously the 5th of June, as we heard from Mrs Woodford, is World Environment Day. That's the United Nations flagship day for promoting world awareness and, and also encouraging that action that you're talking about. Over the years, it's grown to become the largest global platform for environmental public outreach and it's celebrated across the world. Millions of people will join with you in recognising that day. But interestingly, this year they're celebrating their 50th anniversary and the theme for this year is only one earth the focus is on living sustainably in harmony with nature so Madison tell me what does this day mean to you is it just a day are these sorts of days important and why do you think it might be valuable in raising awareness and getting people to be involved I think that we all intellectually understand that we play a significant role in shaping our environment, but there is a certain disconnect between us in our day-to-day lives and then the effect that our actions actually have on the natural world. So to me, days like World Environment Day are a time where we consciously bridge that division and I suppose acknowledge the interconnectedness of things. And by that I mean um, understanding the role that every single one of us has on maintaining the health of the environment and also of ecosystems because it's only with that feeling of involvement that we are truly willing to make decisions for the good of the environment. Beautifully articulated, Madison. And Anna, if if I turn to you first, perhaps, what do you think about this only one earth concept? And how do you try, it's obviously something you feel very passionately about, but how do you practically try to live sustainably in harmony with nature as the theme declares? It's true there really is only one earth and we have to do as much as we can to keep it the way we would like it and that we're living sustainably and in harmony as you said because we need to stop fighting nature, we need to live in harmony and we need to connect with it rather than pushing it away. That is a beautiful account of that theme and and you're very good at personalising it, I think. It's something you think about very deeply, Anna. Do you, Evie, think deeply about this too and and what do you think about this only one earth concept? I try to live sustainably in harmony with nature by doing Duke of Ed. It teaches me about nature and allows me to be in harmony with nature, so that's a big thing for me. And I also do lots of hikes with my family. So you get out in nature to appreciate it and understand what might be lost if we don't protect it. Does that that inform your actions, perhaps when you're removed from nature in our daily life in the Mm -hmm. middle of a city? Yeah. And Mrs Woodford, as a teacher, you're used to trying to bring sometimes abstract concepts to life in your classroom and with your students. So what do you think we as a school could do to highlight environmental issues more? Do you think we're doing enough? Could we do more? And what about this concept of only one earth? 
I think it's really important, yes, that we actually lead by example. And this will involve continuing expanding on the many initiatives which enhance sustainability that the school has already undertaken. Many would not realise that the school has solar panels installed at all our three campuses, that we've replaced most lighting with energy efficient LEDs, and that we replace any old infrastructure with energy and water efficiency as our top priority. Plans for rooftop gardens planted out with natives and development of further green spaces in the school are well underway. I do have great faith that these and further similar initiatives will continue to demonstrate the genuine desire the school has and we are well known for being proactive about sustainability because yes, there is only one Earth. And that sense of being a part of a community that values these things is important, isn't it, girls, I think, to your learning, not just that we talk about it, but hopefully that we're actually enacting it. And, and we still have a long way to go, but you're all part of, I guess, generating that awareness and, and bringing about practical change. But when we talk about the multitude of concerns, when we talk about the planet and potentially global warming, it can be hard to know where to start. And it can be hard to know what is the priority, the most important issue to address at this time. Hard to know where you as an individual can make a real impact. And I think Gecko has obviously been an important outlet for you. But if I asked each of you in turn, what are you most passionate about when it comes to environmental issues? And what do you think you can, as an individual, do to have an impact in your daily life? Madison, perhaps I'll start with you. I'm most interested in combating consumerism and general wastefulness because there are many environmental consequences associated with that, all the way from the production through to the disposal of products. And also it's an area where the most significant improvements will come from the public. So there is a lot that we can do to help. I've noticed in recent years a shift in young people's mindsets towards consumerism. For instance, secondhand clothing has become a lot more popular along with sewing and even just reusable goods in general. So I definitely think that is a step in the right direction. And something everyone can do in their daily lives and choices that they can make. What about you, Anna? What's, what are you most passionate about when it comes to all of those issues that we might explore? I really like growing my own herbs at home. On our kitchen bench, we've got some herbs and we're getting more pots so we can put them into pots. And I think it really helps if we grow our own food instead of it going through the shops. And it's better just with packaging as well because we don't have all this packaging, but we're just growing it ourselves. Yes, and it's a beautiful thing to have it so close and to be able to just immediately throw it into your you know, pasta sauce or whatever you're making. But do you think also, as you're describing that, Anna, and a little bit to what Evie was talking about, getting out in nature, do you think having nature close, being connected to it, does it have other benefits for you in your daily life? Does it make you feel calmer? What's that experience like for you, actually just snipping off a bit of basil that you've grown and you're putting in your cooking? Are there other benefits for you? Uh, it's kind of fulfilling, I guess, that you've grown your own food and it just makes me happy to look at it and you've got that little green thing that's just yours. Yes, and actually, and this is a topic for another day, but there's a lot of research about the benefit of gardening and seeing the consequences of your direct action and how 
good that can be about how you feel about yourself and, and your confidence. What about you, Evie? What are you most passionate about in environmental issues? And, and what do you think we as individuals might do to make a difference? Well, I think I'm most passionate about decreasing waste, like Madison talked about. And individually, I think we can do little things. Like I have my own garden, like Anna, and we grow some vegetables in it which we use so that decrease like packaging like buying from supermarkets and also other things I do like making your own lunch instead of buying pre-packaged foods just little things that can help. It's interesting just listening to you how just the thoughtfulness and the care that you're expressing is immediately inspiring me to make small changes, to make a difference. And uh, I think you're talking about the power of example. So the things that you're doing, the things that you talk about, the ideas that you share that can make such an influence. And, and we often talk about, you know, young people are not always powerful to make big decisions or necessarily change our policy direction, but you certainly can be profoundly influential and listening to you, I think that comes through really strongly. So my next point is, if we talk about recent reports and research and issues around climate change, we talk a little bit too about the psychological toll that can have on young people. So we want you to be alert, we want you to be aware, we want you to be knowledgeable, we want you to understand these issues, but it can also lead to a sense of disillusionment, perhaps even despair, a lack of hope at times. So we have to balance that. And so my question to each of you is, how do you feel about the evidence that your sharing of care and concern with others is having a positive impact? And how do you talk about these issues in a way that's hopeful, perhaps, and optimistic? Madison? I've definitely noticed a sense of responsibility amongst mm. my friends, but more positively, as you've pointed out, it makes us want to evaluate our own lives and make changes wherever we can. And I, that's something I've definitely have seen a lot of people doing. Uh, for example, when people print assignments, they're very careful to make sure that they're not wasting too much paper because we're very aware of the effect that the little decisions we make have in the grander scheme of things. And Evie, if, if I ask you, how are you and your friends talking about these issues? How do you discuss climate change? We talk about it a lot in Gecko, but my friend group doesn't really talk about it because I think it's more of a silent worry to everyone because of how the media portrays it. It kind of feels like the future is bleak for the environment. So I think, but now things like Gecko raising awareness, more things are coming out of it like making little changes to your everyday life and people becoming more positive about it. And for you, Anna, do you see it as a silent worry, as Evie has so beautifully expressed it, or do you have a sense of hope that we can address these challenges? I think kind of similar to, as Evie said, a lot of people also just don't really understand as much. Like, they know it's happening, but they're not sure what they can do specifically and if there's anything that is being done. So I think it's good that Gecko is raising awareness so that people, young people know and understand what we can do to help. 
And Mrs Woodford, as the person at the helm of this group, as a science teacher, you have been educating generations of grammar girls and you've seen the evolution of this topic. So with the issue of climate change being so real and present in our everyday lives and then we see it tied to wildly unpredictable weather and there's quite a catastrophic image that often floods our TV screens, for example. But there are so many facets to address, so many problems to solve, and that, quite frankly, a vast array of opinions that we need to wade through. It could feel overwhelming, and you, as the teacher, who's something of a curator of that information, particularly not just in the classroom, but with the girls involved in Gecko. Considering all of this, can you tell us any good news about our planet and are there steps as a society we might take to have impact or are already making an impact? I've got to say that, yes, there are many good news stories. I admit to being an optimist, but I'm also a realist and, as you know, also a scientist. And I'm cognisant of many new technologies which do already exist or are in the research phase which will, in the near future, lead the way to transitioning away from fossil fuels. One example. It was announced last October that central Queensland would soon be home to the world's largest hydrogen manufacturing facility. It's expected to make Queensland a renewable energy superpower. The facility has been heralded as a breakthrough for Australia's green energy market, with predictions that the plant will double green hydrogen production capacity across the globe. Maddie and two other Year 12 students and I attended a breakfast conference a few weeks ago hosted by IAG, the Infrastructure Advisory Group of Queensland. The keynote speakers informed us about many new and existing projects, including this Green Hydrogen Project, and it was really exciting to see that sustainability is at the forefront of all the projects that they mentioned. It should be made abundantly clear that everyone needs to be environmentally proactive in all aspects of their lives because, as we've been saying, the actions of the individual do matter. They certainly do. And if we think those very outstanding examples of positive success in current times, they're real, they're now, it is happening. Mm. It's it's not all about the future. But I, I guess, Mrs Woodford, if I round out our discussion and talk about the future, you are, as I said, a very experienced educator. You have been at our school for literally decades, and we don't need to say how many, but it's, <laughs> it's a few. My question to you is, let's talk about the future. How hopeful are you that the current generation will be the ones to move us forward in the leaps and bounds that are required to a greener, more sustainable planet Earth? Over those many decades of me being here at Girls' Grammar, I've been very fortunate to have worked with many passionate, intelligent, formidable girls. And these are the ones who I know will, and some already have, change the world. Thank you, Mrs Woodford. You are an optimist, realist and scientist and I thank you for your time today. I thank you, Madison, Anna and Evie for so passionately and intelligently articulating why the environment and the issues associated with protecting it are so important to you. You have been listening to Illumin, a podcast by Brisbane Girls Grammar School. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And to learn more about the school, visit the website at www.bggs.qld.edu.au.